Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I have a mini episode just for you. Hello, y'all. We are back for another episode, and I decided I wanted to start a little mini-series on culture with regard to autism and neurodiversity, and this was actually inspired by watching the Barbie movie this weekend, and so I hope you'll bear with me regardless of what you thought about the Barbie movie because I think there are some important themes that I want to pull out for you that relates to the autism parenting journey, and I think even if you haven't seen the Barbie movie and you don't plan to see it, whatever your thoughts are on it. I do think that there's going to be some relevancy here. Now, I will give you a heads up that if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, I mean, I'm not going to like lay out the whole plot line, but it might might spoil a few things. So a little bit of a warning there. So yeah, these were my thoughts. Literally, as I was sitting in the movie theater, no joke, I found myself thinking about this podcast. So I watched it on a Saturday. And I thought about maybe coming home and recording an episode. Then I was just exhausted and also then took Sunday off. So I'm recording this on Monday and I'm kicking myself that I didn't at least write down the themes that I wanted to bring up. So they were clear in my mind during the movie. They're not as clear now, but I still felt like this was important enough and so fascinating thinking of some of these cultural elements. And I have another episode that's all about culture again in a different little spin on it. So what I want you to think of this episode as is more thinking about some of these themes and how they apply to your autistic child's life and how they apply to your journey in parenting and how they apply to this broad concept of acceptance. And as neurodiversity has this rise, we're starting to really begin to understand that differences don't equate something being inherently wrong with your child. I think for so long in the medical community and myself included, I've owned that really viewed autism as like this deviance that ultimately meant that there was something potentially wrong or that needed to be fixed. And I think as I've really leaned into listening to autistic individuals and I've reconceptualized how I think about it and how I think about autism. And I want to take you on this journey with me if you haven't thought about it yourself. So this first piece about the the Barbie movie, I think one of the biggest themes that I got and the thing that touched me the most was this idea of authenticity. And you see this in character development in so many different ways. And this level of authenticity that when you really learn who you are, you can accept that even more. And we start to see too, that as each character steps into her or his own authentic self, that other people can accept that person too. And so in terms of neurodiversity, what this like, what this parallel is, is 
we need to have this like internal journey of acceptance and really aligning with authenticity, really being our authentic selves, which can be so scary in a world that's maybe telling us that that is not okay. And that's what we saw a lot in the Barbie movie in different ways, in both the human world and the Barbie world of like, things can't be this way. When the Barbie world started to shift to Ken's world, everyone had a role and adhered to that until people really learned to be their authentic selves. And so I think this is so incredibly important is to remember that your neurodivergent child lives in a highly, highly neurotypical world. And what that means is all these baselines are created based on neurotypicality. All these rules and regulations are based on neurotypicality. All these definitions of success are based on neurotypicality. And when we begin to realize that, The hard part about being autistic is not actually being autistic. It's about being accepted in a world that says it's not okay to be autistic. And I think that is a really important thing is how can you help your child through this process of authenticity? And some of that is you accepting and processing this diagnosis and helping them to accept and process this diagnosis. And we have to have that level occur first before the outside world is going to understand your child or just understand neurodivergent individuals in general. That I think authenticity starts as this inner journey. And that is one of the things that we saw in the Barbie movie. Another thing that really stood out to me as a psychologist, there was a lot of talk and like little drops about mental health and emotions and emotional well-being and experiencing emotions that I thought was so incredibly beautiful. And at the start of the movie, you see Barbie saying she's having thoughts of death. And I think it is important to normalize that. A lot of individuals have thoughts of death and It doesn't mean that they truly want to die. Some do. And it shouldn't be something people are hiding in shame. And I think having these conversations about mental health becomes so important. And one of the things, I don't know if you watched the movie, if you made this connection, but again, my brain as a psychologist, sometimes I can't turn it off. I think one of the reasons that we were seeing for Barbie, she's having these thoughts of death, yes, have to do with the human world, but I also think it was this dissonance from the Barbie world, from stereotypical Barbie, from what she was supposed to be. And that feels scary. And that that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, clinically, when you start to deviate, it can be like really scary. And as a result, thoughts of like, and fear of not being accepted comes up. And we know that that is a risk factor for suicidal ideation. It's really, really well studied that this idea of belongingness is a protective factor for suicidality. There's tons of research on it. And I think it's just fascinating. And then when we see Barbie cry for the first time and learn to really step into her emotions, I think for so many individuals, our culture promotes this like tough person mentality, or it's like on the male side, largely it's this tough guy mentality on the female side. It's like needing to have 
everything together to be perfect and that there's not these space for emotions. And we start to see that as she sinks into her emotions and starts to feel those, she starts to realize what her values are, what's important to her. And I just thought that was so incredibly beautiful to watch. And y'all know if you've been around on the podcast for a while, I have so many episodes where I talk about actually feeling and experiencing your feelings and how important that is for you as a parent, how important that is for your children, and how important it is for you to model for your children. That when we can create space for our emotions, it's this really powerful and transformative process that that results from it. So I think that is so interesting. And I think just letting down this wall of let's talk about mental health, let's talk about emotions. How can you create that safe space in your home for, for your children to be able to talk about these difficult topics? And I think that as Barbie felt safer in being able to do that, without going into too many details about the movie, her emotions popped up unexpectedly the first time. And this is what we see a lot is when people suppress their emotions, they all of a sudden come out out of nowhere and it feels out of control. And she was very confused. Obviously, she literally didn't have emotions based on the storyline. But then as she started to feel safe around other people, she started to let her emotions show. And I also think it's really interesting. One last point on emotions. My therapist said this to me recently is I've always thought of this concept. I heard it once and it it stuck with me that you, if you want more of something good, you can't just select that. Like more just means more. You don't get to pick more of the good thing. You also have more of the bad thing that comes with it, right? Those are in proportion. And I'm like saying this with quotes of good and bad, but you can't just like be like, Ooh, I just want more success without more struggle, right? That's just not how it, how it happens. And emotions are the same thing where you can't say you want more joy and happiness without experiencing other emotions that it just doesn't work like that. And my therapist had this analogy of thinking of a camera, a non-digital camera that has lenses. You can't just bring the lens in on one side. They come in from all sides equally. There's a narrowing that happens. And that's what happens with our emotions. When we shut off from our negative emotions, or any emotions we don't want to experience, we also shut ourselves off from those positive emotions or those emotions that we do want to experience. So I loved this. And I think we know the power of actually experiencing emotions. And like I said, allowing your child to see you model emotions and really creating that safe space comes more through your actions than your words. And also you deserve it too. Just, just like Barbie did. Other themes I think that came up that really stood out for me was gender roles. I mean, there was a huge focus on gender roles and patriarchy and all of that in there. And I just, I want to quickly point this out. I had this thought during what we often see out of autistic individuals is there isn't this, this immediate adherence to social norms. And 
gender roles are social constructs. We have created them as a society. And so what that also means is your autistic child may challenge those boundaries more. And how can you become comfortable with that if you are uncomfortable with that? For example, in imaginative play, I'll often hear like, yeah, like my little boy loves to dress up or my little girl loves to line up cars and recreate a race and really is focused on building things. And and it's this crossing of these lines, which we know generally from a psychology standpoint that allowing your kid to explore in their imaginative play is so incredibly important. But for autistic individuals, they're just simply not adhering to these social norms that have been projected on all of us. As neurotypical individuals, what we see is maybe we care more about this to fit in versus neurodivergent individuals. This might not be as high of a value for them. And I think in many ways, that's something that we can learn as neurotypical individuals if you are one like I am and like being like, that is really interesting. Why, why don't neurodivergent individuals automatically adhere to this? And it helps us challenge the status quo. This is also one of the reasons, just so you know, that we will see more fluidity around gender and sexuality for autistic individuals. There are studies published in autistic individuals regarding higher prevalence of LGBTQIA+. So more fluidity around sexuality, more fluidity around gender. And some of you, I I know for a fact, are listening to this and probably want to turn off the podcast right now because you're like, I don't socially agree with this. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is like neurodivergent individuals aren't often trying to fit into these societal norms quite as much. Can you learn from your child of how, what their interests are and following their lead on that? And I think that's a really, really beautiful thing that we can take from that. Additionally, I think that another theme that came up was around imagination. Like Barbie is all about imagination. And so for some autistic children, they don't have strong imaginative play. For others, they do have strong imaginative play. And sometimes what we see is there's a difficulty differentiating between this imaginative world and the and the real world. And I think differentiating that sometimes feels really important for us as adults of like, oh gosh, do they, do they know this difference? But I also think imagination is, is such a a fun place for us to all be able to go into. And I think if you can enter your child's imaginative world, if they have one, exploring with them and being with them in that, I think you can learn so much about your child. And I think this same thing is true. If your child doesn't have imaginative or creative play, there's other ways that you can enter your child's world. Another theme too was around motherhood, right? They talked about motherhood quite a lot and motherhood I cannot speak to it firsthand as probably most of you may know either from previous podcast episodes or following me on social media. At this point, I don't have kids and I've really learned to listen to mothers of what their experiences is like. And I do think with having an autistic child, there is another level to this that it can feel 
lonely and it can feel like your entire identity. And that was at least what I took from the Barbie movie is like the power of and is like you can be a mother and you can follow your dreams. You can do what you want and that it can be challenging in some regards. It can be lonely. It can really feel like that has to be all encompassing. And while it is extremely, extremely important, I think giving space for these other parts of you to come out are also important too. I mean, just on the example earlier where I'm talking about emotions, right? Allowing your emotions to have space. I think it's easy to be like, oh, but that's selfish. I can't do that. But your children seeing that you have created a safe space for your own emotions helps them to know how to do this better because they're actually seeing it. And so by creating this space for other parts of you, I think it's going to help you show up and be a more authentic version of yourself as a parent. It's going to help you have an outlet that in some ways can be a form of self-care and really making sure that your identity, especially your identity as an autism parent, that as you become one, it's easy to narrow in. It's easy to hyper-focus on this journey, but it's like that lens coming in. If we narrow, 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 that's become your identity. Identity. And there's so many other parts to you. And the more that you can use your energy and be able to focus on your energy in these other areas, I think it's going to help you be more present in your kid's life. I think it's going to help you live more in the present moment. I think it's going to help you distinguish what truly is a value for you and what is important. And I think it just allows you to be you while modeling to your children that they they aren't single faceted, right? They're multifaceted. There's many parts of them. And I think that that becomes a really beautiful thing. And the last thing that I will talk about is this idea of this unnecessary criteria that we project on other people. And I started the episode with this and I'm going to end the episode with this is like there was a way for Barbie to be and there was a way for Ken to be and then Ken challenged that and then it became a new way. And in the real world, there were all these like ways that people had to be. And like I said throughout this episode is I think what we see is that these neurotypical standards, one, make things hard for your neurodivergent individual. Again, I heard this on a podcast recently. The the challenge with autism isn't actually having autism. It's not being fully accepted. It's feeling like you have to constantly change. And our, our world right now can make people feel like that. And I think that in some ways was paralleled in the Barbie movie. Of course, the Barbie movie wasn't about neurodiversity, but I kept paying attention to the parallels as I was watching this of you have to be a certain way. You have to fit a certain mold in order to be accepted. Then neurodivergent individuals, I think one of the most beautiful gifts that they have is Honestly, if we allow them to be, they naturally want to be authentic to themselves. It's usually our outside world that shapes them to be inauthentic to themselves, but because maybe there's less focus or I'd even call it a hyper focus 
on adhering to social norms and social rules. Like as neurotypical individuals, I think we can sometimes become obsessive about this and it ends up really impacting our confidence and impacting how we show up. And so if we can just allow neurodivergent individuals, autistic individuals, your autistic child to show up in the ways that they want. I think there's so many beautiful lessons in that. And I think that is the spirit of what took the whole Barbie movie to get to the end is this idea of authenticity and challenging the status quo that I think many autistic individuals are just okay being themselves. And I think sometimes as a parent, you have to process through that too. And that is absolutely okay to not understand it at first, but your autistic individual probably doesn't care what other people are thinking when they're flapping because they feel good when they're flapping. It's regulatory for their system. Your autistic individual, and this is a little sneak peek too into this cultural series part two, has this interest and they love being able to talk about this interest and share about this interest. And if they feel so passionate about it, they don't really care that other people aren't passionate about it because it creates joy for them. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And so can we look to the autistic people in our lives and learn from them. And instead of conceptualizing that they need to adhere to this neurotypical world, how can we start to push the status quo of this neurotypical world in the same way that the Barbie movie really started to push the boundaries of status quo? And what we saw was authenticity, emotions, and just a true sense of belonging that ultimately came to be. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, this is just a mini series. I could only think of two topics. I'll give a sneak peek is all about Taylor Swift. So even if you don't like Taylor Swift, come back because I'm going to make some cool points, I think, about acceptance and how we're conceptualizing things in in this world, in this autism world, I'll call it. Well, this autism world from a neurotypical perspective. And I can't wait to share it. And I just thought this would be a fun little addition to the podcast. All right, y'all. Bye. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye y'all, and I'll see you soon.